the all-star app, the number one app in the business, UFC, Bellator, One Championship, PFL, and more. Get the app right now. Link in description. Let's jump into this topic, man, first. Uh, you know, you got fighters that take any fight, right? You got other fighters that are more strategic with their matchups. Then you got fighters that are just waiting to get more money to get certain fights, right? What is your method behind taking fights? Uh, so I'm very fortunate at Factory X. You know, I've told my coach and my management, I'm like, listen, if you don't like a fight, don't even bring it to me. Because if the fight gets to me, then I'm going to say yes. So I'm fortunate that the fights that do come to me, I know that my coaches think I can win. My management thinks I can win. Uh, it's a good matchup. And so I already have that much more confidence going into the fight. Uh, one day I want to be the guy that can fight for the most money. But right now I'll just take uh, the good matchups that come my way. So let's say you're in a situation where, you know, you're still making the money that you're making, but they're going to give you a guy that's in the top 15. Most likely you want to get paid as much as your opponent does, right? Is that a factor? Right. Yeah. Uh, the UFC does a good job of like keeping what people are making from each other. You know, you kind of have an idea, but no one really knows. Uh, so while I want that, I would never know if I am or not. And and sometimes it's like the long-term game of like, okay, well, if I'm in the top 15, when I renegotiate, I'm going to get paid more than if I weren't. So the risk is worth the reward or the potential reward in that scenario. Uh, but yeah, the USC does a really good job making sure you don't know what your buddy's making or, or you don't know what your opponent's making. I know what my buddies are making cause they keep me in the loop. But, uh, <laughs> for as far as like who I might fight, I, I have an idea maybe, but, but I really don't know. Now you got Rodolfo via man. That's your next test. You know, people are going to look at this matchup and say Brazilian jujitsu versus American wrestling. How much deeper is this matchup? Um, I think again, yeah, on the base level, it's definitely a, a guy who comes from a grappling background versus a guy who comes from a wrestling background but i think i'm a really well-rounded mixed martial artist i think uh, i can make the fight happen wherever i want the fight to happen so uh on base level yeah you'd be okay wrestling background versus jujitsu background but um i, I really think the fight's going to be more of a stand-up fight to be honest and uh you see that sometimes when you see two grapplers going at it in your last two fights, ahead of your last two fights, did you feel the same way that you you were able to, you were going to be able to dictate where the fight ended up? Yeah, for sure. You know, I always feel like I feel like I'm well rounded, like I said, and and I'm comfortable wherever the fight is. Uh, so that allows me to dictate. Like, I'm not scared to go anywhere. I'm not scared to fight on the feet. I'm not scared or feel uncomfortable to, to take it to the ground, obviously. And uh, I think that allows me to dictate where the fight happens, and and that's a huge benefit for me. When you look at Vieira's UFC run, he's three and two, right? All three wins are submissions. Outside of just getting submission wins, right? Do you see like a similar theme, how he has performed or how he has reached that point of getting a submission? Yeah, I think uh, he comes out hot. You know, he, he has a good pace in, in the very beginning of the fight and he's strong, explosive, athletic. Uh, he brings a lot of things to the table, but um, and I think he's getting better. That's the other thing. He hasn't been fighting a super long time. I think he made his pro debut when I made my amateur debut, both in 2017. So he's kind of a young buck when it comes to MMA. You know, I know he has a ton of jujitsu experience, but it's a different sport. So he's kind of learning on the job. And, and I've noticed that he has made huge improvements in his striking and in his cardio and the things that you could knock him for. So I expect the best version of Adolfo Vieira when I fight him. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I really feel like I do a good job of rising to the occasion. Um, the better my opponent is, the better I'm going to fight. I, I've always been that way my whole career, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it seems like uh, after the the Hernandez fight, right, where everybody was I, – I believe he was undefeated heading into that fight, and, and his gas tank just, like, went 
it was gone after, at the second round, right? And then he came back in the next fight, and his gas tank, he, he went all three rounds pretty much. So you do see that, right? You do look at those little little details, right? Yeah, for sure. And he changed his style, you know? And I think it's tough when you're undefeated and you've run through everybody because when he fought Anthony Hernandez, he came out a guy like a guy that had no respect for Anthony Hernandez. He, he came out, rushed the takedowns, tried to get to the ground immediately, and it was a super taxing game plan. But for a guy that has finished everybody that he's fought by submission, I'm sure he was like, I'm just going to take this guy down, submit him, keep the streak going. And Hernandez is tough. He's well-rounded. He presented some problems. And Hadolfo uh, gassed himself. He started getting tagged on the feet, which is probably the most taxing thing. Everybody thinks like, oh, this guy not come in good shape. But it's different when you're getting punched in the face. Your, your gas tank goes extremely quick. And, yeah, I've noticed that he's made huge improvements to his gas tank and to his striking. You know, he won a round against Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis is a super legit striker. So I, I don't want to knock the guy, man. I think he's getting a lot better. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for the fight. For sure. And, you know, you're riding back-to-back first-round finishes, man. And that's not a lot of time to show, you know, <laughs> what you've been building up in your skill set. Do you, do you? But when you look back at those fights, do you see little, like, de- like little details or little mistakes that you can pinpoint and, and, and improve on? Yeah, definitely, man. I feel like I have a ton to learn, a ton to get better at. Um, and, and it's always nice, like Coach always says, like, hide behind wins. You know, I want to hide behind my wins and, and get better. And you know, maybe I'm lucky that I haven't had to show my whole game and, and all the improvements I'm making. And um, But, yeah, I just want to get better. And those fights, yeah, I feel like they were good performances. Maybe not even the first one I won. It wasn't really a great performance, but I found a way to win. And um, I feel like when I really put it together, I'm going to have a performance that people are going to be like, wow, man, that kid's getting a lot better. And I'm hoping it'll be this one. Yeah, it seems like your last two opponents, they, they're like quick starters. You know what I mean? They wanted you to get into the storm quickly and to see how you react. I feel like this – you know, Vieira is going to be a little bit different, right? You're going to be able to maybe show, show more of your overall skill set in this fight? Yeah, I think it's, a, like I said, it's a fight where I can kind of dictate uh, where the fight's going to take place. And and I feel like, uh, yeah, those guys were quick starters. And I'm never scared to go into the storm. You know, I'm never scared to, to enter the fire. And uh, sometimes that can be a downfall. You know, sometimes that leads to those crazy fights where you're not really showing uh, your full skill set. Uh, and this fight, like you said, it's going to be a little slower paced, I think, especially to start. Uh, but I think it'll turn up pretty quick, man. I, I feel like I'm, I'm a finisher. I go look for the finish in most of my fights and, uh, whether that be on the feet or the ground. And, and when you have that style, it, uh, it usually leads to, to really exciting fights that are, that are high paced. Once someone gets cracked, right. It becomes a different, different yeah, game. exactly. Once you get smacked in the mouth, you're either like, okay, I want to go get that one back or I want to take him yeah. down or. It definitely makes you make a decision quickly on, on what you're going to do. For sure. And, you know, you came into the UFC with only seven pro fights. So you're basically growing up in inside that octagon, right? You've seen many guys come in with similar records, sink, get cut, you know what I mean, lose. How ruthless is this game right now? Oh, it's the most ruthless, man. And MMA is such a different sport because, like, in football, the better team's going to win eight out of ten times. You know, you can pretty much say this team's better, they're going to win. In basketball, same thing. In MMA, the better fighter might win 6 out of 10, maybe. It's closer to 50-50, I bet you. So uh, that's what's crazy about this sport is, you know, you just got to be good for that night, and, and that's how you get it done. And But, yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm learning at a good pace, and I feel like that's because I'm super coachable and I really work very hard, and I have great people around me. You know, I have a lot of vets around me, uh, like Dustin Jacoby and people like that who – I get to like, when I go corner them, it's like, I always say it's like a practice run for me. I get to deal with all the nerves. I get to make the walk. I just don't take the damage. So I'm, I'm making 
tons of walks in that UFC setting. And I feel like that's helped me a lot to grow and get better. Yeah, that was a question I was going to bring up as well, because I've been seeing you in the corner a lot, not just in UFC fights. You know, I mean, you're you're cornering guys in other promotions as well. It It's it's super beneficial it seems like for for a guy that doesn't have as much experience you know at, at the pro level sometimes you see guys that don't corner anybody you see that you think, think that's a mistake um i think it's it's hit or miss you know i love coaching i come from i coached college wrestling I, I, it's always been a passion of mine i love the sport i feel like i have something to offer um but i have teammates that that's just not their gig man they don't they don't really want to invest into other guys that way like not that they don't care but they just that's just not the way they're going to invest and i get that because it takes a lot from you like we had a bad weekend me and the team uh this last weekend and you know i'm still bummed it's monday i'm bummed i feel bad for those guys it's heavy on my heart and that's tough to do because i got to get ready to go fight in two weeks you know and you want to be riding high on, on the momentum but uh it's it's another thing you got to learn to deal with <clears throat> excuse me it's another thing you got to learn to deal with and and uh, you know that's a bet in the long run it's a benefit i think yeah, talking about last weekend, Dustin Jacoby, man, he he loses a split decision to Khalil Roundtree. A lot of controversy surrounding that. You know what I mean? Once there's something, something, some kind of decision like that, the social media blows up. What is your take on that fight? Uh, I guess for me, the biggest thing that I, I just question is I don't really, I understand the criteria, right? I understand damage is, is number one, but I guess I just don't understand the criteria for damage. Like, are we saying black eyes are damaged? Are we saying uh that punch looked hard is damaged to me damage would be a knockdown obviously or this guy is visibly hurt and you can tell when someone's visibly hurt uh in that fight neither guy was visibly hurt neither guy got a knockdown and then to me then then what's the i just don't understand what the point of significant strikes are if we're going to say you know other than shots that knock people down or, or visibly hurt them they're not more significant, right? There, there are significant strikes, and then there's knockdowns, and there's obviously hurting people. I just don't understand the the damage criteria, I guess, because if we're going to say his face looked worse after the fight, I think that's a terrible method to determine damage. Uh, you know, you got guys that have 40 fights, and they get in there in, in a hard gust of wind, and their face is going to be broke open. So uh, it was definitely unfortunate. Uh, and the problem is, and what really sucks, is both those guys had an amazing performance. Both those guys had a great fight, super entertaining. And it's neither one of their faults, the decision. But one guy's going to get looked at like, hey, you didn't really get that win. And the other guy's like, hey, you got screwed. And the problem doesn't get solved. And the people that are responsible for it don't ever really come to justice, I guess, you know, because next week people forget about it and, and people won't talk about it anymore. And I mean, I've been, I haven't been in the sport very long, but as long as I've been in the sport, judging's been an issue. And they've, there's always been calls to, to reform the system and, and it's never happened. So. I don't know if it'll happen. It's, it's definitely frustrating as a fighter, though, and obviously as his friend and his coach, you know, to, to deal with that backstage and the fallout from that. And yeah. it sucks, but that's the sport we're in. Yeah, I think that's a, a common theme for a lot of fighters and, and coaches as well, is that nobody's accountable. Nobody. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like fighters are accountable. Coaches are accountable. Referees are accountable, but judges are not accountable. It's like they have... They're like the Teflon Don, you know what I mean? Like they can't, <laughs> you know, they, they, they can't get touched. It's weird, yeah. right? Like, it's how, crazy why is it then, that way? Yeah, and then you have these people that are like, well, just appeal it. And they don't understand that, like, okay, we're going to appeal it to the commission. Guess who employs the judges? The commission. Like, it's a vicious circle of, like, well, we don't really want to hear your complaint because that, like, that really just falls on us not doing our job. So you're never going to – that's why those appeals, like, no matter how egregious the decisions are, no matter uh, how bad it looks – 
I don't think I've ever seen one overturned. I don't think I've ever seen a commission be like, oh, yeah, you're right. We messed that up. I've never seen it at the UFC level, at least. So it is definitely frustrating. I And I don't – and the most frustrating thing is I don't really think it's going to change. You know, I feel like it's been going on for so long that if it was going to change, it would have. There's been enough outcry over the few last few years that I feel like there would be a change, and it just doesn't seem like that's something that's going to happen. So that's frustrating. Do you and your teammates and your coaches – discuss this and think like okay now we need to start planning around this the the judging like it, it seems like vegas kind of judges differently from texas you know what i mean like it's 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 a whole nother level that whole nother aspect that I, I don't think fighters and teams need to worry about but now you do right yeah i mean it's definitely a concern and also like like you said no judges are consistent that's the problem so it's hard to plan around because like, well, how, what am I, what judge, I, I don't know what judge is going to be there before I fight. I don't know how to plan around what they might lean towards. And the criteria is always changing. You know, there used to be a lot of emphasis put on control and takedowns and wrestling. And now it seems like those are, unless you finish the fight on the ground or hold someone down a whole round, it's pretty insignificant in the scoring. So uh, it's hard to prepare for that because you don't know what, what they're really looking at. I think it's also pretty ridiculous that like, I would say 95% of MMA judges are are boxing judges first. And to me, that seems like, okay, well, you're already going to have a bias. There's already going to be a slight. And also, like, if you are uh, mainly a boxing judge and you just do the MMA thing on the side, like, oh, this is something I also do, how well can you really know what you're watching? Have you ever done a jiu-jitsu class? Have you ever taken a wrestling class? Have you ever – uh done anything other than boxing have you ever done muay thai have you ever done kickboxing and i would guarantee the answer for most of those judges is absolutely not so uh they don't even know what they're watching they don't know if you're in danger in a submission they don't know if you're uh what what kind of things you're trying to do and and so how can they judge it it's 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 uh it's a real problem in the sport and it's frustrating yeah we need to we need to do a march or something. And yeah, the that's right. <laughs> go do a protest outside. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now go back to you, man. I saw that you signed a, a new contract ahead of this upcoming fight, and and it has allowed you to train full time now. How has that affected your everyday life? Not worrying about you know going to a part time job. Yeah, it's nice. You know, I never really minded working. I felt like it was it's something to fill my time. I have a decent amount of free time, but it is nice being able to. Uh, be with my daughter and my wife more and, and just kind of have a better home life, you know, a better balance. Uh, because before I would get home and see my daughter for maybe 30 minutes, she'd go to bed and then I'm exhausted. I'm ready to go to sleep. So it's just more quality family time. And, you know, that generally improves my mood. <laughs> Tonight, we're about to take uh, my daughter uh, trick-or-treating. My, uh, yeah. she's, she's not even two yet, so she doesn't really know. It's uh, more for my wife, but uh, that, you know, if I had a part-time job, maybe I could skip. No, I'm just playing. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be going to do that. So it's just good, man. It's good to be around my family. It's good vibes and, and making it to that second contract was big too, man. I feel like there's such high turnover in this sport. Like you said, you see a lot of guys come in and, and they're gone before they can really get their feet underneath them. And I feel like getting that contract proved a lot to myself, which is, which is good. Yeah. Building confidence as well. Right. That, that yeah, the UFC def- wants you here. Definitely. Definitely feel that way. And, uh, it was, yeah, it, it was really good, man. I feel like uh, it kind of made me feel like, okay, I'm a UFC fighter. You know, I belong. And that's silly to say because I was in the UFC and I had wins and those kind of things. But getting that next contract is like, okay, I belong here. I, I'm one of the guys, so to speak. Yeah, man. It's good to see that you have a good, you know, like peace of mind, you know, that you couldn't kind of spend more time with, with the family and not worry about that, right? Because 
I think a lot of people that watch the sport, they don't understand that aspect of fight and fighter life that they do have families and they, they are regular people. Yeah, I agree, man. And I feel like I'm lucky that my family lives with, I live with my family, you know, I see them every day and, and that's not necessarily the case for all fighters. You know, a lot of them are traveling all over the country to get the best work they can. And I mean, you know, you're not even fighting and you're traveling all over. the. I mean, you're traveling <laughs> over to, to get good training and, and see the life we live. And, you know, that that's one thing I respect so much about you is you that you really want to see the fighter experience, not just the fights, right? Like you see the life that they live. So you have a better understanding. And I think it just makes you more empathetic and, and makes you realize like, man, that loss is more than what other people might think. Or, you know, like you would never think twice about being like, talking trash to a fighter after a loss and and when you see it i bet you like are like oh that's not a good look that's cringe you know and that's because you you have respect for for what it is that we're doing and how we're doing it and you know i think that's good i think everyone should should i mean not everyone can do it but people like have a split if i could give anything to anyone it would be a different perspective right i would just have a little glimpse into the life and i think that would change a lot of things I think if you if you're a fan of the sport, just go to one wrestling class. Just go to one wrestling class and just do an hour of wrestling, and then you'll realize, okay, this is a this is a lot harder than you know what what they show in that cage, right? Anyways, uh, go back to the fight, man. Um, what's your expectations, man, out of yourself? Is how you want to perform? Yeah, man, I think it's uh, my toughest fight on paper for sure, uh, which I like. Like I said, I feel like I rise to the occasion. and I think I'm going to bring a, the best version of myself, man. I feel like I, I always say like I get better between every fight, and it it's probably sounds like a broken record at this point, but I really feel like I am, man. I feel like the gym I'm at, the people I have around me, I just continue to grow and get better, and that's mentally and physically. And, yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to finish year 3-0. and That was my goal at the beginning of the year, three fights, three wins, and, and I feel like I'm going to get another finish. I really do. I feel like I'm going to be able to put them away and hopefully get another bonus and just keep this this good streak I got going, man. And, and yeah, I'm excited. I really feel like it'll be my best performance yet. I feel like I'm going to surprise a lot of people with, with the improvements I made. And, uh, and it's obviously not just the improvements I made between my last fight and this one. It's the improvements of the whole year, and people are going to get to see it, and I'm excited for that. When I look at you and, and the skill set that you have and kind of like how you have elevated, I, I kind of, I don't know if I'm wrong, but I kind of see like peak Tito Ortiz, like you could do that. Like you could take <laughs> dudes down and just elbow the shit out of them and then pound a hole in their face. Like a Ronnie, not Ronnie Coleman. What's his name? Uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the, the, the Mark, king of ground and pound. Right? Yeah, the king Mark, of ground Coleman, and pound. Mark Coleman. Mark Coleman, yeah, like yeah. that. Do you mm-hmm. see that a little bit in yourself, like that style? Yeah, man, I feel like ground and pound is something I, I really want to get better at because I feel like I can take most people down. And mm-hmm. it's just that style of fight I feel like really suits me, the up-down. You know, the, I want to – honestly, I want to fight like he's in my division. I don't know if I should say this because he's – I might probably end up having to fight him, but I want to fight like Fluffy Hernandez, Anthony Hernandez, man. That guy is so impressive. He He's one of the few guys in the division that weaponizes his cardio. His up-down is awesome. His ground and pound is awesome he he's always working man, and, and that's what i want to do and, and that is those guys that you're talking about they take you down they don't just hang on you on the ground they hurt you on the ground when you get back to your feet they're hurting you on the feet and then they take you down again and it's just a, like washing machine of like yeah. horror and that's what i want to do man and and i have a long way to go before i get there i have a lot of work i need to put in and, and i recognize that but yeah that that's the goal man that's the kind of fighter i want to be and I feel like that kind of fighter is really hard to deal with. It's oh, it's yeah. a really tough guy to deal with. And I, I know I have some of the intangibles to do that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. tough. Uh, I will never quit on myself. I know that. And and so now it's just putting the pieces into place skill-wise. 
washing machine of horror. I've never <laughs> heard that before. That's good. That's good. Um, hopefully, man, we might see a washing machine of horror, man, on November 19th, UFC Fight Night in Las Vegas. If you want to know more about the event, go download the All-Star app in the descriptions. Cody, appreciate the time. It's always a good chat, man. Always. Yeah, for sure. But I always tell Ed, I'm like, I always need to hit up my boy. We always have good talks. And you just you put a good look on everybody, man. You do. like, And, and I really appreciate that. And I appreciate what you're doing because, like I said, you get it. And, and a lot of people don't. And, you know, I respect it. Much respect.